so there are people outside my house. I'm home alone. My parents are gone for the week, um, helping my grandpa with something up north. Um, well, by the time this is posted, they'll actually be back. So they we'll talk about them. They work on for the week. And my dad left me in charge. And he did in the best way possible. By using Phineas and Ferb. So, like, I can't mess this up. There's no way I'm messing this up. As I mentioned, like, five seconds ago in your time, I am on a stakeout. Well, I didn't say that. But there are people outside my house who have been running around, yelling, kind of causing chaos, laughing, spraying something, and just being creepy for the past two hours so that's why i'm on a stakeout it's actually the second stakeout that i've been on today and coincidentally also the second stakeout i've been on in my entire life who would have thought two stakeouts in one day but honestly maybe that maybe that was the universe's plan get me practice at work today so that i would be ready for this stakeout right now Y'all, I just heard another car pull into the driveway and honk its horn. This is getting serious, bro. Like, I live in the suburbs in a Midwestern state. Um, it's a... Do you hear that? They're literally getting closer. Oh my goodness. So I live in an area. It's like a suburb in the Midwest. And it's like small, but not too small not too big. It's like the definition of average. And it's not the safest area, but seriously? That sounds like a helicopter. Oh my goodness. Anyway, speaking of interrupting our usual programming, let's have a talk about my neighbors. So I grew up with the best neighbors in the world. They're, They're our family and they always will be. But a few years back, which probably is more than a few years by now, it just, time is weird in my head, they decided to move to Vegas, which is awesome for them. Um, But we don't get to see them too often anymore. So when our best neighbors ever moved to Vegas, some of their extended family moved in next door, which is awesome. I like them too. They're really nice. Um, But recently, like in the past year, they moved out and... Um, sold the house to somebody who was trying to flip it, like flip the house and sell it. So the flipping went really nice, honestly, I think. Looks pretty good. And they sold it, but this is when things started getting kind of weird. So we haven't properly been introduced to our new neighbors yet. Um, My family's like the weird, exotic, friendly neighbors... We're the ones who are like, you guys don't have dinner? Come on over. We'll cook you a burger. That kind of thing. Because that's just who we are, you know? Um, But we've never even met these new neighbors because they're like never around. I've come across one of them once and I was waving and trying to say hi. But they actually ignored me, which is kind of weird, you know? Um between the members of my family we've seen their cars they have a few cars um but we never see them they're only around like at weird hours at night um 
which could be normal for, like, somebody who flies airplanes or something. I don't know. Um, or, like, has an all-day shift and then comes home in the middle of the night. Or maybe, like, an afternoon shift comes home in the middle of the night, you know? Um, but the kids, that's what's really worrying me. These sound like drunk teenagers. I haven't physically seen any of them, but I can hear them like they're on the other side of the wall. Because they are. It's about 2 a.m. right now, and I wanted to go to bed around 11. The As I was taking my pills and packing up for the night, locking things, I heard, like, giggling which I'm like what the heck you know so I heard this giggling and then like clattering clattering is that a word clattering I'm gonna google it clattering definition clattering is a continuous rattling sound as of hard objects falling or striking each other yeah that makes sense clattering basically their feet were clat no it's pattering I don't know. It's a word. Their feet were... I'll just go with clattering. And you can hear it on, like, the sidewalk outside. A little strange. But I'm like, you know what? In case something is not okay, or in case one of them is hurt, I'm gonna stay up until they stop being loud. So I've been doing that. I've been sitting here, working out a little bit, and when you hear me say working out... Don't think like, you know, people at the gym with like the, huh, uh, heavy weights, uh, uh. you know, I'm not like a strong person, but I do the best that I can. Working out for me looks more like 20 minutes of straight just dance, some martial arts, some core training, like sit-ups and like crunches, but some jumping jacks until I can't breathe and then laying down for like five minutes and working on deep breathing that's working out for me um but I've been doing that I've been writing a bit um and emptying out my inbox and my emails which as I'm sure most of you know not much fun (laughs) I have like 3,000 emails I have to go through every single one of them but I figured that like doing this now while I'm waiting up to make sure that nothing happens with these kids somewhere outside which are getting louder constantly and it sounds like they're there's becoming more of them which I'm like I don't know if they're having a party or something or if some actual drunk kids just decided to take a hobble is hobble the word I don't know I don't I'm not I can't words sometimes but um Decided to, like, hobble over this way. Maybe they're looking for, like, a 7-Eleven or something. I don't know. But. I lost my train of thought. Okay, I just thought of something. So when I say train of thought, or when I hear train of thought, what do you guys think of? Because, like, my brain, my early 2000s brain, goes to that scene in Shark Boy and Lava Girl, where they're riding the train of thought or something like that on planet drool and then because they're not focused it like crashes into that 
land of milk and cookies and then they get stuck on that chocolate chip cookie in the giant milk river and then shark boy has to sing that song the close your eyes shut your mouth dream a dream and get us out dream 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 that was a catchy song that was a really catchy song i miss that movie that was a you guys have seen that movie right does everybody know what i'm talking about because like if not that'd be so sad i think i'm gonna go watch that movie for real though that movie slaps it's so good um i haven't seen it in like a few months though I say months like it's a long time, which it is, but I've probably seen that movie more times than the average person my age recently. <laughs> I bought it on iTunes like last year, so I, like, I have it at my fingertips, just like I have Coraline at my fingertips. Why do those two movies honestly shape my childhood? We're going to make an episode about that at some point. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back, and I have another episode idea that I just wrote down. Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and Coraline. Movies that shaped my childhood. I don't know if that's impressive or sad. Anyway, the mind, the train of thought. I was about to call it the mind train. That makes you think of the dinosaur train. The dinosaur train. Did you guys ever watch that as a kid? Or am I really old? <laughs> or am I really young? I feel like I was a little bit older when that was still on TV because I remember it more vividly. Anyway, back to the train of thought. What do you guys think a train of thought is? Because in my brain, like I said, it's that train of thought in Sharkboy and Lava Girl that if you're not focused on it, if you don't bring it forward, that you completely lose it and it doesn't really have a train track. It just kind of flies around in your head soaking up different thoughts and then you need to stay focused on it because if you don't next thing you know they're gonna be giant milk and cookie monsters trying to what do they even do i don't remember that part of the movie you'd think they were bad because they were big and they tried to eat the cookie but they didn't know there were kids on the cookie but i digress so the kids outside are still being loud which means I still can't go to bed. Woo-hoo! Because I know with my luck, I have pretty bad luck, that if I do fall asleep, something's going to happen. And I'm going to feel really bad about it. And it's going to make me more sad. And we don't need more sad in the world. We need to keep that sparkle going, keep that energy, that positivity, that light. Even if you don't feel the spark, you have to keep it lit, keep it ignited. You know, at work today, I actually got, I got a really good compliment. My boss, who is a total angel, she told me as I was leaving that I have a good sparkle. I love when she, like, she tells me my energy is good because good energy is like the best compliment you can be given. That means that they feel your positivity. They're, it's radiating off of you and it's being absorbed by the people who you're trying to give it to. And that's just the best feeling. To Being told you have good energy is better than being told you have cute pants, you know? Because good energy, that's yours. You're never going to outgrow that. You just got to keep that flame ignited. While we're talking about flames being ignited, again, I am still 
wasting time until these kids stop being loud so that I can actually go to bed, which would be amazing. I'm about to plug in the iPad so that I can go back to my Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery game, which I haven't played in like a month. Um, I used to be obsessed with that game. And by used to, I mean like pretty much six months before college up until I up until I left for Arizona and then I took a pause when I was out there because I didn't bring the iPad with me but I resumed playing when I got back and kind of fell off after Christmas break but that game is so fun it literally it like puts you at Hogwarts and you get to like be a student and you get sorted into a house and you do little adventures and you learn the spells and it's like everything my Harry Potter loving child self could have wanted in a video game on an iPad. It's amazing. Sound like I'm digressing again, which I am, but this is an educational digression because while I was loading up the Hogwarts mystery game onto the iPad, I got the urge to sing a song from a very Potter musical. Well, the opener, going back to Hogwarts, because, you know, Hogwarts, Hogwarts. If you've seen any of the videos from early Star Kid Productions, which originated in Michigan, so amazing. Um, oh, I could go on about that for hours. But um, when, like, the way they say it and the way it's staged, it's like, Hogwarts, Hogwarts. And at Ha, group one is reaching up into the sky, and then they, like, grab and, like, pull them pull themselves down I don't know if that makes sense it's like the apple picking dance move like you reach the apple you grab the apple but it's like forward instead of sideways so it's like Hogwarts Hogwarts or it's like you know group one group two and that just like appeared into my head and now I want to like go through it and be like I could probably quote that entire musical all the way through so good oh my goodness I love that that is literally what I want to do with my life well, not be a silly parody of a book series that got turned into a movie series that got turned into a a world of lore and awesomeness, but that would be awesome too. Um, that's actually what inspired me to create my own theater company and write my own shows. So thank you, Star Kid, and all the original very Potter musical people for inspiring me to do that with my life because I've produced one original musical already uh it was a complete mess but I've been working on like three more um kind of three more I've been working on a lot more there's three that I have like solid right now that I just need like more accompaniment for the tracks pretty much it I'm not good with accompaniment I'm better with just like lyrics and melody but um this is a good ramble honestly um that's what I hope to do eventually is like once I make my way to New York City and audition for Broadway shows and hopefully am good enough for one of them um at some point and get to be a performer. I want to be able to produce shows that people don't usually 
look at and be like, I want to do that show. I want to produce shows that other people write, the smaller, more local playwrights and musicians, and feature their work in musicals about maybe more touchy subjects or maybe more nerdy subjects. You know, when I... um when I first got introduced to the musical theater world, it was in, I think it was early middle school. So it was like sixth grade. And yes, I have, I had known musicals before that and I had seen musicals and I loved soundtracks, but I didn't really connect with musicals until I was at my friend's house one night. Um, it's vivid in my imagination, imagination, memory. That's the word, memory. Why do I get those two confused? I don't know. Anyway, I'll set the scene. It was a random night in sixth or seventh grade. And I was at my friend's house. We had just finished a school project and uh, there were a few other people over, but they had left after watching like two, three episodes of, like, the anime that they watched. I don't watch anime, so I didn't really understand the hype. Still don't really, honestly, but that's just my personal preference. Um, But I remember that my friend's older sister had a friend over, too. So there were, like, two middle schoolers and two older high schoolers slash college kids. It was the middle, early 2000s. They have dogs in that house, and I'm pretty allergic to dogs, and their dogs are also big, and so I was scared and allergic to the dogs, and I was just really not feeling it, but I didn't have a ride home yet, so my friend's sister suggested we watch a movie. This movie I would learn is called Rent. It truly changed my life. Rent opened my eyes to what musical theater can and should be. It introduced us to a story of a bunch of human beings who are so flawed. You don't see that often with protagonists. Usually the protagonists, they make like one mistake or two mistakes and then they sing about it and it's all fixed. But no, Rent Rent was different. Rent introduced us to real life, to people living in New York City who don't have any heat in their apartment, who have to pay their rent, that their friend double-crossed them and, like, lied to them about, about protests and rights and white girls singing about cows and everything in between. And I, I know I'm very much paraphrasing this very complex, very beautiful musical, but I'm still telling the story from my middle school point of view. So like, this is what I saw. Rent changed my life. And I mean that. I, my eyes were open to a new idea of what musicals could be. And it made me it ignited a spark in me which is again kind of kind of silly okay wait 
that just what'd you forget got a light i know you you're i'm gonna stop singing now so i don't get copyrighted um but jonathan larson who wrote the musical rent um obviously so much more than that so much more than that um after watching rent the first time experiencing the different types of music in musicals experiencing la vie bohème experiencing one song glory experiencing the lesser known santa fe i'm not talking about newsies guys i i know i know that's what you're thinking i got nothing if i wrong one you know oh that was so bad i am not warmed up right now <laughs> if you guys want to hear me actually sing santa fe not the santa fe that i'm talking about now but the one that i just said that i wasn't talking about i'll probably post a video at some point i sing that all the time but not my point seeing that environment seeing the grittiness and the imperfections and the ugliness of all of that reminded me of real life reminded me that people suck you know and that this dude some dude who i didn't know at the time made a musical about it little me my mind was blown and i think the funniest part is um my friend who I was with, uh, the one whose sister suggested that we watch Rent, she's like, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. You are going to love this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, she was so right. I love it. Um, I specifically remember having to get up and go get Benadryl because I was sneezing like crazy because of the dogs. And she told me, no. Don't go anywhere. And I'm like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta. So they paused the film. It was right before La Vie Bohème. She's like, you need to see this. This, this is musicals. And the craziest thing is, she did not grow up to be a musical theater crazy person like me. Uh, she turned out like a normal person with a normal job and a normal dream and that's pretty awesome honestly <laughs> that night i did some research into the backstory of rent and into the guy who wrote it the musical and creative genius who i now know to be jonathan larson the tragic story of his death which if you don't know the story of look it up it's really sad and like i said earlier i'm trying to keep the vibes up in this podcast right now so i'm not going to talk too much about that but what i will talk about is his legacy so he was inspired by stephen sondheim and sondheim was the first dude to bring a different edge to musicals in the time that Larson was growing up. Larson decided to do that same thing in his own way. And yes, I know that Lin-Manuel Miranda 
is probably the next person in this in this line of musical theater geniuses changing what it means to be a musical. I acknowledge that, and Lynn is amazing. But I also didn't know of him at that time. When I did that research on Jonathan Larson and his failed musical adaptation of 1984 and the fact that he had other songs out there that weren't a part of Rent, other musicals that weren't ever produced because of his tragic death. I was like, I'm next. I have to do this. You know, I... I want to do what he's doing. I want to put on rent. I want to be a part of that show. Anything, something. And that's where I'm kind of wrapping back around. But that's where that spark inside of me was kind of like ignited. It's like this is world changing. You can write a musical and literally change the course of everything. That's what I got to do. But I didn't actually think about the writing part until I was like, yes, I need to be in musicals like Rent, like Spring Awakening, ones that people look at and they're like, no, those are the musicals that I need to be in to change the world. And then a few years later, I strolled upon a very Potter musical on YouTube And oh, was that amazing. This low-budget college production that is a parody to such a huge thing that's so catchy, so clever, so funny and cringy and beautiful. That is when that spark came back. The spark that was created when I first saw Rent. And oh, don't even get me started about seeing it live. Like, the movie, it's good. Right? They had most of the OG cast. I mean, they. I wish they would have brought back Daphne Rubin Vega as Mimi. That would have been amazing. But um, anyway, not the thing that I'm talking about now. We're talking stage production. Uh, also, going from seeing the movie to seeing the filmed stage production to seeing the real stage production... Tears of joy. So many tears. We're keeping it on the positive, though. Um, A very Potter musical. The fact that these nerdy college kids would want to dress up and sing about magic. That Harry Potter would just pull out his guitar to defeat the dragon. Sing it to sleep. That Dumbledore is the biggest Zac Efron fan in the entire wizarding world. Like... This kind of stuff, this is like, it made me think, it's not that far-fetched, you know? If they can just do that, what's stopping me from doing that? Um, I was going to do a musical adaptation. When I first watched a Harry Potter musical and became obsessed, and that was a whole thing. I was like, I'm going to make a musical for Percy Jackson. Then I looked it up and it already existed. And oh my goodness, was that good. I saw it OG cast and I'm going to try not to scream right now because it was so good. And I'm literally 
There are tears falling out of my face right now. Because it already existed, of course I'm not going to write a musical parody of a book that's already been turned into a musical. That's just crazy and probably copyrighted tons. And also, you can't get better than Chris McCarroll. You just can't. Uh, so, so good. Those vocals, the connection, the emotion in the voice. So good. Anyway, this is not a musical theater podcast. This is me stalling and waiting for these children outside to go away. So I was talking about that dream. That dream started me just writing any words down that came into my head in a melody. Or any melody that came into my head and trying to find words. Writing them down and like audio recording and spamming my Google Drive completely. I write all the time now. So when I was saying that I have three musicals that I'm writing now, those are the ones that are mostly done. If you were to look in my Google Drive right now at all my musicals, or just unfinished plays, unfinished books, you'd be like, sit down, finish them all, and then I would probably take like three more years and then I would have like at least 20 out. guys so it started to quiet down it's been about 10 minutes and there's only been a few sounds outside so hopefully this means that i'll get to go to bed soon which is really exciting for me because i also work tomorrow well later today it's pretty much almost 3 a.m we love that (laughs) but i'm glad that it's kind of slowed down so that i can actually lay down relax Recover from Stranger Things Season 4, Episode 8, which I binged earlier today. I'm not ready for Episode 9, not just yet. I probably will watch it tomorrow and then probably rant about it somewhere, whether it be here or on my Snapchat or on TikTok or something. I'm not sure yet, but yeah. So, as of now, the chaos has cleared. Knock on wood. That was the piano, but it is wood, so it works. Looks like that is all the time that we have for today. Uh, Thanks for sticking with me on this, and everyone cross your fingers that those people don't come back and that I can get some sleep before I have to get up and go to work. All right, I will see you all in the next one. Actually, I won't. You'll only hear my voice, and that's about it. (laughs) Much love. Peace.